this afternoon, congregation, we'll deal with Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 50. About the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And there the church has summarized the word of God as follows. What is the fourth petition? Give us today our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to the Lord, what would you, what would you say if you're the prime minister came to your house to see if you had enough to eat and warm enough clothes for the coming winter and your shoes were in good shape and, and you had a good house to live in? Wouldn't you be surprised if someone high up in the government, like the prime minister, would come to you and check up on how you're doing with your, your life, your physical needs, those personal things. Because after all, a prime minister runs the whole country, right? He uh, has to look after billions of dollars of revenue and all kinds of departments and in the government. He's got to oversee that all. Surely they wouldn't be, be concerned about what little old you and me uh, have for lunch or, or wear what kind of shoes we wear to school or boots. The thing is, the thing what I want to say with that is we usually think that greatness and power mean that someone's not going to have time to be bothered with us little people and our everyday concerns. I'm afraid that sometimes people might even think that way about God. We figure that God is great and glorious and reigns over all things that he is so majestic that he wouldn't really be bothered by all the small things like our lunch or, or our shoes. He wouldn't have time to listen to our petty petitions for, for our bodily needs, would he? But you know something? Even though God is greater and more glorious in heaven than anyone can imagine, that he in his sovereign majesty rules over the whole universe. Everything is in his control. He still wants to hear our personal prayers. Wants us to bother him, to, so to speak, about our physical and everyday concerns and needs. Also our physical needs. And that's actually, if you think about it, that's what makes him so great that he listens to the prayers of each and every one of us, even about things that seem so small and insignificant in the whole picture, like our daily bread on our table every day. How do I know he's like that, that he's concerned about those things in your life? Well, because his son, our Savior, taught us to pray Give us today our daily bread. And if he taught us that, then we know our Father is concerned about those things in his children. 
In Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism about the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, then I proclaim to you from that Lord's Day, Christ teaches us to ask our Heavenly Father for our daily bread, and we pay attention to two things connected with this. First, we'll pay attention to the priority in this petition, and secondly, the purpose of this petition. First, the priority in this petition might seem like a bit of a strange point, priority in this petition, when we ask for our daily bread. But I hope the the point I want to make will become clear by the end. It has to do with what the Lord's Prayer is mainly about. I'm sure you're familiar with the classic division of the Lord's Prayer, the address, you know, and then six petitions, and then doxology, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And then the amen at the end. We're taught to pray that the first three petitions, by the way, are, are about things of God. We're taught to pray that God would act so that his name be hallowed, his kingdom come, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The last three petitions, it said, then deal with the, our direct needs, our own direct needs. And that's that uh, we pray that God will provide us with our daily food and that he forgives our sins and that he will deliver us from our daily temptations. Now, while this is a pretty helpful division of those six petitions of the Lord's Prayer, that, that, that division shouldn't overshadow the beautiful harmony and unity of this prayer which the Lord taught us. We shouldn't think we have two competing parts here. First, God's what God should have from us, and then what we need. That's not what it is. In fact, from beginning to end, the Lord's Prayer has a single theme. And that theme is all about God's glory. It's about the glory of God and the exaltation of his kingdom, not only in the first three petitions, but also in the last three. The difference is that in the last three petitions, we're taught to ask God what we need to be faithful and uh, what we need in order to be faithful and, and willing servants who honor his name and are of service in his kingdom and do his will. So while the, the pronouns in the petitions of the Lord's Prayer have changed, we're, we're saying us and, and our instead of your, it isn't so that we're now putting God aside in, in, after the, the third petition and afterwards, and, and then focusing our attention on ourselves. No, congregation, the priority of the prayer hasn't changed at all, of the, the prayer as a whole. It's still about God's glory and honor. Also, the last three petitions. We're taught to pray in those petitions, Father, glorify yourself by providing us with our bodily needs and glorify yourself in forgiving our sins and making us forgiving people, and glorify yourself by making us strong against the devil and all his temptations. So brothers and sisters, boys and girls, we pray, give us today our daily bread, not in the first place because we're afraid we're going to go hungry, or, or because we need physical energy to take care of our own interests here. No, we pray, give us today our daily bread as people of God who are employed in daily service of him to glorify him. 
So we pray, Father, give us the bread, the strength, the health, the clothing, the shelter, the life we need to be faithful servants of yours in your kingdom here who glorify you in all things. It's so that God may be praised by us and by everyone. That's the priority in everything. As we also read in Psalm 104, that's how that psalm begins and ends. Praise the Lord, O my soul. The thing is, congregation, even when we pray for our daily bread or any other bodily needs like health or recovery from sickness or safety for ourselves while we're traveling or so, we're actually always praying with God's glory in mind above everything. That, that's what it's really about. And then our hunger, our health, our safety is actually secondary to that. It it's contributes to God's glory, but it's, it's a second, secondary to it all. For example, as God's people, prayer for healing from sickness should never come just so that we can be better and that's it. We might be sick ourselves or have a child who is ill or a mother or father who has a disease to deal with, but just to pray, Father, give healing is not appropriate in itself. If we're only after healing so we or our loved one can, can be without pain and live longer here, then it's a pretty selfish prayer when it comes down to it. Then all we're looking for is our pain or the suffering of our loved one or ourselves to be taken away or life to be spared so we don't have to be sad. No, the, the overall priority in our prayers and our petitions shouldn't just be personal it should always ultimately be about God's glory, about his, his glory and majesty as the, the order of the petitions in, in the Lord's Prayer clearly shows us. God's glory needs to be first and foremost in our hearts. And the overriding need that we have to seek in our whole prayer is our need to give God the service he has a right to from us as his redeemed people. So yes, we can certainly pray for healing, but then insofar as through this healing, God, we can bring glory to God's name. We may always pray for daily food and so on, always though with the idea that we can live and serve God and give him glory. That, that has to underlie everything. And then you realize it might also be God's plan and purpose to bring glory to his name through letting our illness or the suffering of a loved one linger on or get worse. Or it might be to God's glory that we struggle to try to make ends meet financially. We do what we can and we pray, but God doesn't let what we ask for happen right away or at all because that somehow, in some way, maybe unknown to us, brings glory to his name. Maybe through, his, his, through our suffering or through our struggles, we come closer to him. We see him greater, as greater. Maybe his purpose is to cause us to pray more fervently and so draw us closer to him. Maybe his purpose is to show others around us how good it is to be able to hope in his grace, even in the face of suffering. 
You know, I've seen that so often in church members. When they, they visit a, a sick or dying brother or sister in the Lord, they, they, they feed off the faith of that person who is suffering. They feed off that. It's a, they're lifted up when they visit a person like that because they see faith and hope in the Lord in practice. See, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that, that changes everything, doesn't it, when we put God's glory first. That, that answers a lot of questions and struggles about unanswered prayers. As if there are such things as unanswered prayers. God answers all our prayers. Also our prayers for bodily needs. But sometimes our bodily needs may be to suffer pain or loss or hunger in order that we bring glory to his name in entrusting ourselves to him in those circumstances. And then our Father in heaven is listening and answering our prayers too, even if our circumstances don't change. His glory is what it's about. That's our reason for living and dying as his people in Christ. That's what the Lord Jesus showed in this whole structure of the prayer he taught us. And that's what we have to keep in mind as we pray for our daily bread then too. And that brings us to the second point, the purpose, the purpose of this petition. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, the purpose of the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer is summarized from the Bible in answer 50. And that answer contains two main reasons why Christ commanded us to pray this petition. It isn't so that we can be healthy in body. These are not actually, they're not even bodily thing, reasons to pray this. They are spiritual reasons. And the first reason is, is expressed in the words, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. That means that by praying, give us today our daily bread, we're actually praying that God will spiritually strengthen us, that he provides for us so that we see that he is the God who gives all things. And that, that was our first point, actually. The second reason Christ taught us this petition, though, is contained in the last part of the answer. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. That means that when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we're also confessing our own helplessness and complete dependence on God and that we therefore need to trust in him alone for all our needs. We don't trust in our own strength or ingenuity or in our bank account or the economy or in the technological and financial abilities of mankind. No, in God we trust. In God we trust. As the theologian J.I. Packer puts it, the prayer of the Christian is not an attempt to force God's hand, but it's a humble acknowledgement of helplessness and dependence on God. And this is exactly why we so desperately have to pray this petition every day. Today, too, when we have so much and we don't have a lot to worry about physically. Something to eat for supper tonight. There's always something in the cupboard or in the fridge. None of us has to go to bed hungry tonight. 
But our prosperity today shouldn't take anything away from the need for this petition. In fact, it makes this petition all the more urgent for us to pray. Because it's exactly when we have everything that we need to humbly confess every time again that everything that's on the table and in the cupboard and in the closet and in the bank is from God, from His good and gracious hand. So you see, congregation, in a sense, this petition isn't actually about our physical needs as such. It's about our hearts. It's about acknowledging in our hearts that all we have is from God, that we depend entirely on Him, and that we trust Him to give us exactly what we need to glorify Him. And that's why Christ taught us to pray our daily bread. That word daily shows us to pray for the necessities of daily life, day-to-day existence, and not to be anxious about the future, about tomorrow or the day after or next week or next year. But he also shows with that word that even if we have abundance... He needs to be confessed and praised as the source of all good, glorified, especially then, because it's so easy to forget how much we rely on Him for everything and that all we have comes from God. It's something like praying for forgiveness in the next petition. If I can reach ahead to the next one already. Even though God has already promised that all our sins are forgiven us for the sake of Christ's one sacrifice on the cross when we're baptized, and he assures of that, us of that in the word and in the Lord's Supper afterwards, our Lord still wants us to pray day by day, forgive us our debts so that we remain conscious of our need, our constant need to confess our sins and to pray for God's grace, so that we trust, too, that we are forgiven by that grace of God in Jesus Christ. So our prayer for our daily bread is a daily confession that what we have is from God and that we can trust Him for whatever we need. So we never have to pray, Father, give us... We may never have to pray, Father, give us bread because we're starving, but we do always have to pray, Father, keep impressing on my heart that everything I have comes from you, that the sandwich on the table today comes from you, and teach us to be thankful to you and to trust that you will provide also tomorrow. See, it's all about... It's all about depending on trusting in praising God's goodness to his glory. And we can learn something about that from the psalmist, Psalm 104. He began by describing the power and glory of God at the creation of heaven and earth, set the earth on its foundations, and assigned places for the waters. Very picturesque language, imagery. He describes how God makes the springs flow and the rains fall to water the earth so that the creatures can drink and the plants can grow, bringing forth food from the earth for man and beast. Psalm 104 is like a a, a nature movie, not like the Attenborough nature movies you see, talks all about evolution. But 
it speaks about the Lord's work in, in all things to provide water and food for all creatures, how he cares for all his creation. Like in verse 24, where he writes, O Lord, how manifold are your works. Your wisdom, in wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. And then he comes to a kind of conclusion in verse 27 and verse 28. These all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season, that you give what you give them they gather in. You open your hand and they are filled with good. See how beautifully the Spirit describes God's great power as creator and his concern for his creation in that psalm. The Lord Jesus may have had that psalm in mind in Matthew 6. He looked at the birds and the flowers and he gave his disciples a les lesson in the power and care of their Father in heaven, their Father in, in him. He says, look at, at the birds of the air. They don't sow, reap, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than those birds, these little sparrows? And then he continues about the flowers. See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of those. The beauty of those flowers, those lilies. And if that's how God makes the grass of the field, these plants so beautiful, those plants which are here today and gone tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? And what our Savior wanted to say with those things is that that we, God's people, by his grace, have no need to be anxious or obsessed about our daily physical needs like food and drink and clothing, for our almighty Father in heaven knows what each of us needs, and you can trust he's going to give you exactly what he knows is good for you and right for you so that you can serve him to his glory. And you know, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, there are people who live their whole lives in a state, a constant state of worry, almost constant. They're constantly anxious about having enough and fret about the future. Nowadays, there are lots of people who worry themselves silly about global warming, convinced that we're going to run out of fresh water and energy and all kinds of resources. They worry about global warming and about overpopulation and the food supply, and everything has to be managed. It all needs to be managed. And sure, we have to take care. We have to take care. The Bible shows us that we have to be good stewards of God's creation, certainly. But on the other hand, as believers, we have to be humble about those things, about that management, and shouldn't get caught up in the, the fears of so many today who think they have to manage it all, who feel that it's up to man to save the earth and save mankind and, and so on. Even go so far as to want to control how many people there may be on earth if you think about some countries who use limited birth ideas, policies. Those are fears of people who don't acknowledge an almighty and sovereign creation, creator who takes care of all his creation and all his creatures, who even sent his son so that all things in the world will ultimately lead to the renewal of all things through him. They have no concept 
of a God and Father in Jesus Christ, who is the fountain of all good for his children and promised to provide them with all good and avert all evil or turn it to their good. They have no notion of what it means to pray to this God and to entrust yourself to him to provide for your daily bread whatever you need to serve him to his glory. They have no idea of the goal of God's providence and government of all things, namely that all things lead to the return of his son, to make all things new so that everything glorifies God perfectly forever. They have no idea about that. Oh, congregation, this is not to say that there won't be times of drought or economic depression or that there may be shortage of some natural resource. But those things are from God, our God and Father in Christ too. And they're meant to bring us back to him, to make us realize that we have to trust in him alone. We can trust in him to provide what was needed for us, his, his people, and he'll do this because of Christ and for the glory of his name and the coming fullness of his kingdom. Congregation, we're God's children, bought and paid for by the precious blood of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And we're, we'll be assured of that again this afternoon with the Lord's Supper celebration. Because of Christ, God is our Father who will certainly make sure we have everything we need to serve him as long as he wants us to do that and in the manner he wants us to do that. Oh, at some time, we might be praying to our Father in heaven and the, the pain and the hunger might still go on, but then too, we can trust that our Father in heaven has heard our prayer, even though we're still suffering. The thing is, in his infinite wisdom, he has a purpose with that suffering. Maybe we need it to grow in his grace or to show someone else how to keep faith and hope in suffering. Maybe we need it to show that, to make sure that we don't get too stuck in this life. Whatever purpose our Father in heaven has in mind, it's to further our salvation and to bring glory to his name. And that's the trust we can have when we pray for our daily bread. Our Father always hears. If he looks after all creation, after the sparrows and the lilies, and even more, if he gave his only son for us, should we then not trust he'll always hear us and provide what we need in everything work for our salvation in Christ? Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, how majestic you are and how wonderful your son that he brought us to you so that you are our Father, so that we can address you as our Father in heaven. And we thought this afternoon about the fourth petition, give us today our daily bread. Father, provide us with all our bodily needs and do so that, so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that our care and labor and also your gifts will not do us any good without your blessing. And grant, therefore, that we too withdraw our trust from all creatures 
and place it only in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.